Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. We're back here in the month of May. Where I am, the weather's not necessarily too much warmer, but hopefully for you, it's turning up. I am Illegal86, one of your usual three hosts, and I am joined by the other two usual hosts, my good friends, Nerd Bomber and Tactic. Say hello to the folks at home. Hello, hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. It's, uh, it's great to be here. We got a lot of great stuff to run down today. We got a specific request from our Patreon producer, Mr. Ben Shackness, uh, that we talk about this cyberpunk news. So we're going to be getting into that. And thank you, Ben, for, for directing us. We're going to be talking a little bit about all this Xbox news and the first look that came out. I want to say that was yesterday or maybe it was today, the day that we're recording this. And of course, we're going to be talking about our good friend, Tony Hawk, who I feel like we've been talking. We've talked about him on the podcast before in the context of maybe Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5 or maybe rumors of remasters, which are now no longer rumors. But let's start at the start, as we always do and dive right into this news about cyberpunk so if you haven't heard cyberpunk 20 well 2077 how do you say cyberpunk 2077 i guess that's how you would say it essentially so this is the game you might remember trailer came out what was this e3 last year where keanu reeves came out on stage and told people they were breathtaking yeah i think so you you all remember really cool looking game very ambitious looking game it's been in the works for a while and it was just announced last week that you're going to be able it's going to have what they call an explicit character creator meaning you can how do i put this delicately i'm going to say that a lot during this topic you can determine the definition of your character's genitalia i'm quoting that from a GameSpot article basically if if you're if you're a guy you can i guess say i want a penis this big i I don't understand it's very strange We'll, we'll dive into the details but yeah, th- th- it goes beyond that. Apparently, there's also going to be some steamy, quote-unquote, steamy first-person scenes, some particularly graphically violent scenes, including one instance, and I'm again quoting, where players assist a character by hammering nails through his hands and feet. So yeah, essentially, this is all coming out when as the ESRB rating comes out. So we're getting information that we didn't expect, namely the genitalia customization. And I guess I want to open up the discussion by first asking how necessary that is and and maybe that's leading the witness a little bit in terms of the question i'm asking but like spoiler alert i don't think this is anything that was remotely i've never once been playing a game and thought to myself i wonder how i wonder how well endowed the character i'm playing as is so but i'll turn it over to you guys so i'm 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 actually really excited to get into this because whenever i play any game with character customization I fully become the character. And what I mean by that is I I predefine a backstory and say all of my decisions are going to be predicated based on what this backstory that I desire is. So for me, when I play this game, I really want to have a super arrogant, cocky character that's very, very full of himself and then give him a micro penis such that <laughs> when these scenes happen, he's like flaunting it around like it's a big deal, but you can barely see it on the camera. And I think that just really is going to enhance the experience for me. Whether it's necessary or not is besides the point. It's It goes back to the full immersivity of the game. Yeah, I will say I really like the idea of being able to fully and totally customize your character. Going in so much depth, though, I don't know if I've ever had to do that in a game before. And I think this is the first time for like a majorly advertised AAA title that they're going as far as to have like its first person point of view 
nudity and sex scenes. And so I guess that's why it's important to be able to customize your genitalia and Mm. physical appearance. But it's just like, where is the line? Like, how much do we need to see? How how much is that going to really help the story along? Because I'm not totally sold on that. Because, I mean, you guys know me. I'm really big on playing for the story. And obviously having a good like romance option in any RPG is super exciting and you always go down that path. I I don't care who you are. I feel like most people end up going down that path at some point, but I don't know if I need to explicitly see it in first person detail. Like I kind of liked how Mass Effect did it where like you get a a nice little tasteful side boob butt cheek action, but that's about it. So it's actually funny you mentioned that because I was going to ask like I I generally have very little experience with character creators in general. Like my point of reference is the Sims. So that should tell you that like, Woo-hoo. I don't play very many RPGs. So I don't, yeah, exactly. So to me, I'm wondering like, and I agree with you that like, I, it's not, I was going to ask how Mass Effect does it. And it sounds like they do it in a tasteful way of like, yeah, you can, you get the gist of like, they're doing it, but like, you don't need like who, who, I guess what I'm wondering is what percentage of the gaming audience is like, all right, I I am in I am in a, in a place gaming wise where I need to see a penis go into a vagina, and I need to know that I designed that penis. Like like I just I, I don't understand. Like even I've, even when I'm watching a movie and there's a sex scene, like it never goes that far. So like why do we need that? Is is I guess kind of where I'm getting at. I can and, see and you. I can see I'll, you analytically watching the scene, going mm, the aerodynamics was off on that on that genitalia. Well, it's just, it's, it's, I don't understand what the goal is either. Like, like is I think it, it's immersivity. I, I, I wholeheartedly do. And I'm not against it. Honestly, it's, it's world building. It's, it's no different than movies. When you, when you see the, the, I guess, full boob or, or side butt cheek or whatever, it's just to immerse the player. So I guess one of the questions well, that I have, and this was something that was brought up by Ben on Twitter was do you think that this will limit the audience? So obviously we knew this game was going to get a mature rating. Uh, there's a lot of violence and we knew there would be drug use and stuff. It, it sounds from this rating that there will be like very explicit drug use though, where you'll be able to like first person actually pick drugs and see how it's going oh, like, to impact your character in the game. But so like in the past, again, I'm not sure how much that's needed, but continue. So like stuff like Grand Theft Auto, Obviously, we know a lot of young kids, even though yeah, it has so a mature many, rating, they play this game. So many grand, naive grandmothers bought that game for their little grandsons. But I think that obviously this is taking it to another level with all of this immersivity. Right. And it really does feel like it's kind of limiting the player base that will be able to enjoy this game. Because I, I don't know if they'll have an option to turn some of that off. But obviously, like we know it's implied by the mature rating. But I feel like this is really pushing the boundaries of what we've seen in mature games that aren't like straight up sex sim type games. Cause those do exist, but this is like such a mainstream title and it's been shown at E3 and is very highly anticipated. And I just wonder how this is going to impact sales and whether or not See, people will buy this I, for their kids. Cause I don't like, I don't know. I I'm, feel like parents wouldn't. I really don't think this is going to be a gate for little kids. If anything, it's more of a gimmick to get kids to convince their parents to buy it for them. And I, I think I, they will. I would be surprised 
I would be surprised if, if sales were particularly affected. I mean, we'll never know, I guess, but like, I would be surprised if sales were particularly affected by the, the inclusion of this. I think if you give a game a mature rating, the people who want the game past that point, the people who want the game are going to get the game. Whether, whether they're kids, whether they're adults, I don't think that matters. I think if they're kids, their parents are probably buying the games for them with no understanding of what a mature rating typically means anyways. So to me, it's not, it's not that big of a distinction. What, what I'm wondering is what, what, what's, let's really dive into <laughs> this, this genitalia creation aspect. And, well, and before we do, before we do going back to the rating, sure. when you want to see Deadpool, how many people brought their kids to see quote, a superhero movie? That's fair. But that's, that's the thing though. Like there will be outrage because those people who do give this to their children without realizing when they walk in on little Timmy playing a first person point of view sex go, scene, Timmy. they're going to be pissed off. And well, sure, that's but, like going to be all but over Grand the Theft thing. Auto. You mentioned Grand Theft Auto and yeah, Grand Theft Auto is on the news a lot, but like, guess what? It's also one of the best selling games ever. So like, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's going to affect their numbers. I, like, I think if we lived in a better world, it probably would. But I'm I'm skeptical of that. I, I, what I what I do want to know though is let's talk about this genitalia creator and let's talk about penises. Parents, put your kids to bed. If you've listened to a podcast as a family, you might want to take a moment and like I want to see the data for this. Like like how how large or small can you make it? So Tectic, you talked about like I'm going to give this guy a micro penis. So what is Cyberpunk 2077's definition of a micro penis? There's just going to be a the, in, like, can, in my opinion, there's just going to be some kind of slider. Roll, yeah, like a slider, and she's going to go big, small, big, small. But beyond sure, but that, the there's other fun things that you can do to really make your character douchey. That I'm hoping, and that's hairstyles. Let's throw in some racing stripes right. or 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 a little goatee. Oh, you know those are going to be in here. This is a cyberpunk game. Like, this is supposed to be semi-futuristic. You know there's going to be all of those douchey, techie hairstyles and weird little go-to oh, you can things. Have it, you can have it purple, probably. Oh, the possibilities are endless. It, yeah. No, there's going to be racing stripes on mine, for sure. I mean... Fire yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm racing stripes. I'm, I'm just... I'm still... Everything that you guys have said makes sense, but I'm still just wondering how... Like if if I'm gonna try to get immersed in a game, and and one thing I've I've heard has happened is like take Dead Space for example, one of my favorite games, they gave the character no dialogue to increase the the sense that you yourself were the character. Ergo de facto, am I supposed to make a character in this character creator that is exactly like myself, and therefore am I going to be like, all right, how big of a penis do I have? You know, like it's just it's a it's I a strange. So. It's, it's so strange like i just i don't see the need for it I, I i think immersion can be accomplished and has been accomplished without it all right so let me ask you and, another and, question when you play sims do you use the unlimited money cheat code to give no. yourself a well do do people use the unlimited money cheat code to give themselves lavish houses and kind of experience what it would be like to have this mansion experience and the answer is yes so so in the same vein my girlfriend does and, and we've, we've actually we've like fought about this because i i hate it so much well you're weird i will never use the mother load i'll never do it and I, yeah i know I'm, I'm in the i'm in a fringe group here i'm in the minority in the same I vein though, i will never use mother load people can make what they find to be a 
attractive version of themselves and live through that and say, you know, this is this is how I see myself. Sure. It, it's not who I am, but it's how I see myself. How how if my insides reflected my outsides, how I would carry myself. And and I think that's important. I suppose. I I don't know. I, I, I don't know about the genitals though. <laughs> With that, I think argument. if you I think if you want a gaming experience like that, and this this is me kind of projecting my my gaming experience on the world i guess but like if i wanted a gaming experience where i got to create a person and live like quote unquote live vicariously through them in such a deep and meaningful way as to like deal with genitalia i don't think that game is cyberpunk like i feel like it's something different like second life or something you know like i i cyberpunk to me is supposed to be I don't know, more of a cinematic experience. And again, in cinema, you're not doing that. Or is it just the setting the foundation for the next generation of customization in gaming? Maybe. I mean, that, that, you know, I think you could definitely be right about that. I just still wonder. I'm not like, I want to be clear. I'm not offended or anything. I'm not like one of those people. I could give a, I give a rat's patootie. Yeah, I could call it an ambulance. It just seems needless. It, It is more is more my stance on it is, is I guess. why is this a thing and maybe it is like you said maybe it's gimmicky maybe it's them being like this will make news and people will be like i'm gonna buy it just to you know fiddle with the dong creator like i just you know it's the thing that really weird, gets me, me is that like this game i feel like we've been waiting for it for a very long time and i will be so upset if we find out that this game was delayed or took longer because it took someone a month to noodle around with yeah. the Dawn Creator, <laughs> like I'll be so yeah. mad because that is something that I don't feel is like super necessary to the gameplay experience, and I want it now. Could you imagine? Can you imagine also, working yeah, at the studio and being like, being, and being told like, all right, all right, Tony, today I got a real, I got a real humdinger for you. We need you to make a Dawn Creator. <laughs> like, because I mean, someone has to go and make sure then that any dong of any size can be portrayed on the screen. So like there's some animation involved in that. So it's like someone focused on that for a decent amount of time. So when you're, when you're in there creating your genitalia, just imagine and thank that person who spent like hours on end looking at dicks because they made it possible. Yeah. Shout out to that person. If you're, if you're listening, like it's a long shot, you're probably busy fiddling with the dong creator, but if you're not, and you're listening. Here's to you, man or woman or whoever you are. So we want to know what you guys think. We 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 want to hear from you on Twitter. We've already heard from our friend Ben. By the way, we we want your thoughts on the dong creator. Yeah, what's up? In order to edit it, you have to make sure you're using the USB dongle. But um, right. Sh- <laughs> so so we want to know what you guys think of 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 the dong creator, and in general, the ESRB foot that that Cyberpunk seems to be putting forward. Whether you think it's going to increase immersivity or whether you think it's kind of needless or both, we want to know what you think. So head on over to Twitter. Uh, we're all there at OWU86, at OW Nerdbomber, at OW Tectic, and of course our main account at Online Warriors One. Yeah, we love to chat to to chat with you guys about it. I love to uh, chat with people too. Yeah, yeah. Whatever whatever word you might want to use, make one up if you want. Uh, but if, if it involves talking to us, we're all for it. So we're going to move on now to a substantially more PG topic. So parents, you can bring the kids back in. Uh, the kids aren't going to know who Tony Hawk is because he's kind of been off the grid for a while. But uh, we're going to talk about Tony Hawk. And specifically, uh, we're going to talk about, well, like it's his birthday today. First of all, happy birthday. It is, according to CNN, 
I'm, I have the CNN article in front of me. Tony Hawk celebrated his 52nd birthday by announcing on Twitter the return of two of the most iconic... I, yeah, so, so first of all, let's not gloss over that. Tony Hawk is 52. Holy Moses. I mean, if that doesn't make you feel old, I don't know what will. I mean, not that Tony Hawk has ever been like a spring chicken in my eyes. Like, it's not like he was ever my age or anything. But 52. And he's still he's still tearing it up out there. Is that, is that what skateboarders say about what shredding. they do? Shredding. Shredding. He's still shredding. Shout out to you, Tony. Shredding it up. So, yes. Uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 are being remastered for Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and PC. And will be released on September 4th uh, by Activision. And, yeah, it's... You can pre-order now also, so if you want to do that right now, you can pause the podcast, come back after you've done it. This is great. And and, and again, we I think we talked about this, I think it would have been a few months ago at least, about rumors that, that there were remasters in the works. And at that time, nothing was confirmed, and it's now confirmed, of course, and there's videos and that show what the remaster looks like. And it's pretty awesome. I mean, I, I don't know what you guys feel, feel about it, how, whether you saw it or not. I watched a video... Uh, shout out to Jablinski Games, Jack Black's video gaming channel, which if you haven't checked it out, strongly recommend. Uh, he played with Tony Hawk today. They kind of did some, a demo of the game and it just, it, it both brings you back and it's all, the graphics of course are like way updated. So kind of a best of both worlds situation, the soundtrack and all the, all the pro skaters you can play as and just the, the balance bars when you grind, it's just, it's all there. For me, that and, game, the soundtrack was by far the best part just grinding on half pipes and jamming out to all those different songs that was like truly truly where it hit me so the soundtrack was amazing yeah sorry go ahead i I was just gonna say like i'm super stoked to see that they also brought back split screen i mean the gameplay in this looked incredible from what we've seen um obviously tony hawk pro skater is a classic and i spent a lot of time playing this game with my friends or my brother or sister side by side in the same room playing split screen. So I'm really glad that they didn't abandon split screen when they remastered it because I know that it can be difficult to run split screen and make sure that the graphics look good for both players. I know it takes a toll on the consoles and you have some limitations and that's why a lot of games don't have it. But to make sure that that is in these remasters is fantastic. And personally, like I, I was seeing some people on the internet saying that remaster culture is like, ruining everything because we just get a bunch of remasters and nothing is original but in my opinion i couldn't disagree more with that yeah i think uh, sorry this game that makes me mad this, this game in specifically is something that needs a remaster and not a re-envisioning because we saw other skateboarding games hit the market we saw them try with tony hawk pro skater what was it five that came out in the last five years i don't remember when that came out but tony it flopped hawk. and it was terrible so after three i think because and that's worth noting mine was tony hawk pro skater 3 on the gamecube i played the crap out of that game one of my favorite games ever and i'm kind of sad it's not involved in the remaster but i'm sure one and two are also still great um but i think after that i want to say there was a four i know there was some i'll look it up right now but there was there was some weird like there was one called like wasteland or something I think Tony Hawk Underground and there was... a Underground, that's right. Underground was actually pretty good. But after Underground, they started getting kind of like gimmicky. And I know there was even one, I think it was for the Wii. And it came with a skateboard. And you had to like stand on it and balance on the balance board. And it was just not great. And I think it started going down that gimmicky road. And I think that's why like... 
I don't need a re-envisioning. I just want these games to come back and to be able to experience them in nice 4K graphics because I have gone back and played them and they are still fun. But like you do get kind of pulled out of the fun immersion because they look old. So I'm on Wikipedia now for the Tony Hawk series. There were Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1, 2, 3, and 4. 4 came out in 2002. And after that is when they went to Underground. Underground, Underground 2, American Wasteland, Downhill Jam, Project 8, Proving Ground, Motion, Ride, Shred, Pro Skater HD, Shred Session, and Pro Skater 5. So yeah, like, the I just named a bunch that you've probably never even heard of. And after, so what Wikipedia says is after Pro Skater 4, they started going with, quote-unquote, a more story-oriented approach, which I guess is why they lost people. I, I played Project 8, and I played, I think, American Wasteland very briefly, and was not thrilled by either of them in the way that I was with Pro Skater. Pro Skater had a very, very much more of like an arcadey feel to it mm-hmm. that I think befitted it so much better than what they tried to do with Underground and the ones that followed, which was we're going to take ourselves very seriously. And that's never been what it's about. So, so yeah, I, I couldn't agree more that, and there's frankly, there are a number of game video game franchises that I actively want remasters and like, like for another example would be Star Wars Rogue Squadron. I want that back so bad in a remaster. And like, I want that more, probably more than any new Star Wars game c- could. I, I want that more than any new Star Wars game. I'll say it. So like, I think remasters are important because I think it's it's highlighting things that th- things like Pro Skater that were just so good. And like, and they haven't been able haven't to been, be replicated since. Because there's something yeah, about that I, I, game I, that no other franchise in the skateboarding game realm has been able to capture. Like, there's, I can't even think of another. I, th- I know skate was popular, I think but that was very skate. realistic. Yeah. That was like le- very. It wasn't arcadey at all. It was super realistic and it was hard. It was super hard, and I just liked being able to listen to Ace of Spades. That was from Pro Skater Three, and be Wolverine oh, yeah. <laughs> while my brother was being the devil chick person and just like ripping it up and shredding around. Like I, I didn't need this super realistic immersive skating. Why experience. was your brother the chick? It had the best stats. Yeah. So there's one called Session, which I had, I had heard of. And I just I looked up to confirm that it was real. Uh, that's a more recent one. But yeah, I mean, you, you have the Skate series, you have Session, and then you have Tony Hawk. And that's pretty much it. And we, I mean, we essentially just proved that after a certain point, Tony Hawk's, the Tony Hawk series took a turn for whatever reason that resulted in them losing what, uh, what made the pro skaters so cherished. So like, yeah, I, I don't, to me, it's a brilliant move. And like, I was watching with my girlfriend. I was watching the video of them playing and I was like, I would absolutely buy this. Like, e- even if it is the price of, a, of a, a full price of a full price game, which I think it probably will be like, yeah, I would absolutely buy it. it. It just, if it can be half as fun as pro skater three was, I'm in, I'm absolutely in pro skater three. Like, and again, that's my point of reference, but like they had, remember you had to like find the videotapes Oh yeah, and they were just like, oh, find the secret tape. And like, oh, you had to like grind certain, spell skate and like you had you had there was always like you were in a certain place like the cruise ship is the mission the level that i always remember that you had to like grind on you had to touch certain grind points and doing so would like lower a lifeboat into a into the water there was like there was cool tasks that you had to do that were not remotely related to skating they were just like they were like i said it was arcadey it was like okay here's a thing that's ridiculous 
but go do it and you're going to have a good time doing it. So like if these remasters can capture that spirit or I guess recapture it, then we're in for a great experience, I think. Well, I mean, I fully believe Um, that those video games were a major reason why skate culture became so big back in the, what was it, probably mid to late 90s and early 2000s. I think that combined with, oh man, who who was, Bam had a TV show on MTV. Yeah. And I think like those things combined and maybe Brink, yeah, the Disney Bam, Channel original Jackass, movie. Yeah, you had all that good stuff. Brink wasn't skateboarding though. I Brink know was, it was rollerblading, but it was like all the kind of the same thing. It was all like that whole I loved Brink. skating Brink. culture. And I, I, I really kind of wonder if maybe the next generation gets a chance to experience Tony Hawk Pro Skater like we did. I wonder if maybe skate culture will make a little bit of a comeback. It would be very interesting to see because I'm very confident that the video games really helped to make it mainstream because i know i like no one in my family cared about skateboarding until we got a playstation and then we started playing tony hawk pro skater and i was like yeah man really into skating and i played like disney extreme oh, skate a, adventure yeah. that was like top notch i'm 100 percent sure that the only reason i ever owned a skateboard because i did own a skateboard was tony hawk pro skater 3 <laughs> like like there and brink i liked a lot but like I, I mean, I, I owned a pair of rollerblades, but like I was never like a inline skater. There was an there was a very brief time in my adolescence where I actively was trying to be a skateboarder, and it was because of Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Same. So shout phase. out to you, Tony Hawk. And then I realized I mean, maybe I did the ahead. same phase, and then I realized that skateboarding is a lot of work, and switched to longboarding. It's hard. It is so hard. I, like, and that's the other thing is like this video that I watched today where they did a demo of the game after they did the demo. They were like, all right, let's go do some real skating. And then like Tony Hawk like did a bunch of tricks and stuff. And I was like, I, I was literally watching. It. I turned to my girlfriend. And I was like, if I tried to do, if I tried to go up a vert ramp once on a skateboard, be winded, I'd break a bone. I'd at least break a bone. Like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened while I was up there, but it wouldn't be good. So like, yeah, a lot of props to, to, to all the skateboarders out there, but that you're right. Nerdbomber, that might be their, their play here. Their, their plan is let's bring skateboarding back. And the way to do that at least a very good way to do that in my eyes is definitely remastering the pro skaters because they were freaking awesome. <laughs> like uh, if you haven't played pro skater, like you should be able to emulate it now somewhere. I think uh, you can. I'm sure. I mean, pretty much every older console has an emulator out there. Not that we condone illegal emulation of old games, but they're true, out there. True. Yeah. I mean, pre-order the remaster and then <laughs> try and emulate it and just like get a feel for, just how special it was like it's and it's i feel like i am having a hard time describing what was so great about it and i think to a large extent that's because it was indescribable (laughs) like there was just something about it it was fun if you weren't talented if you were talented you got all of the fun easter eggs that were hidden throughout the game with all of the fun special tasks that would unlock random things so like it gave you incentive to level up and like your skill not actually level up your character but didn't punish you totally if you weren't very good. And I feel like anybody could play the game. You, there was no barrier to entry at all. And it was a really fun to play together. And I think that was a really big key. And they also, one of the things they announced with this remaster is that they added online multiplayer. And I could totally see there being like random Tony Hawk oh, Pro Skater tournaments. Be, for sure. I mean, I, I remember, and now we're like fully in reminiscing mode, but like, do you remember in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3, that you could unlock Darth Maul. It was like a Star oh, Wars yeah. tie-in that made no sense. <laughs> it was like, it was amazing. It was so great. And it was goofy because it, it was skateboard levitate. It had no wheels. 
but you were like, I have to unlock this. And to do so, you had to get a certain, fulfill a certain number of career. Cause they called it a career. I think, even though, like I said, half of your goals were like sink a cruise ship. It was like, that's eh, part of your career. If you're a skateboarder, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Oh man, those games. Good times, man. I'm happy. I'm happy they're back. And it sounds like all of us are happy that they're back and shout out to Tony Hawk. Happy birthday to you, my friend. I have a feeling we're all going to end up coordinating, buying this game and playing together. It's, it's definitely, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a, a a concern for my wallet come September. I don't know if I'm like in pre-order territory, but like I'm in buy it territory for sure. Uh, Just again, based on nostalgia and past experiences. So yeah, Tony Hawk pro skater one and two remaster coming September 4th from Tony Hawk himself and Activision. Check it out. Uh, right now, we're going to take a quick break before we come back to talk about the Xbox Series X reveal video. Uh, but before we do, we want to shout out our good friend, Mr. Ben Chuckness, our Patreon producer, who we mentioned at the top of the episode as uh, giving us a topic suggestion for Cyberpunk. So shout out to you, Ben. Uh, thanks for that. And thank you for your continued support. Um, Ben's going to be joining us here on the show very soon. And that's uh, just one of the benefits he gets by supporting us on Patreon uh, at our highest level, which is the night level. And Ben gets, again, that chance to guest spot, as well as the producer credit he's currently getting. Uh, input into our weekly game segment, which we'll have a game later on, hosted by Tectic this week. Uh, also, access to our monthly secret segment and vlog. Uh, so yeah, if you want to be like Ben, uh, believe me, you do. You should go over to Online Warriors. No, patreon.com slash Online Warriors podcast for more of the details. There are also two lower levels. Uh the Squire level gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog, and the Page level gets you access to the monthly secret segment. So, again, head on over, check it out. Uh, we'd be super thrilled to get another supporter. Um, we really appreciate any support, and we really love doing this. So, hopefully, you like listening. And yeah, thanks again to Ben, and we'll be right back. From the galactic depths of the comic book universe comes the ghosts of the stratosphere, ready to galvanize and energize your mind with the latest of comic book news and the news and the Yes, that's much better. Hi, this is Andy Larson for Ghosts of the Stratosphere. Join me every week along with my co-hosts Rob Stewart and Chad Smith as well as a cavalcade of fantastic comic book guests as we dish out heaping helpings of the greatest and latest of comic book news and reviews. You can find us on Ghosts of the Stratosphere as well as on our website www.gotstratosphere.com Hope to see you soon, folks. Okay, so we're back uh, to talk about this first look at Xbox Series X gameplay that the Xbox YouTube channel released. Uh, looks like May 7th. Uh, so this is, this is a, a lengthy video. If you haven't watched it yet and you're, you're curious, uh, we're going to hit some of the high points. It's a 27-minute long video, 28-minute long if you're rounding up. So a lot of footage was shown here. There were, I think, nine games in total, and I'll list them off, and we can kind of just, again, run through some of the highlights, ones that we liked, ones that we were confused by. Of course, you have Assassin's Creed, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which we talked about last week. Uh, that was, I think, uh, the last one that they showed. I was um, a little disappointed right? in that, only because they did say that they were going to show more gameplay, and it really wasn't. Well, we're, we're going to touch on that later, because I, um, spoiler alert, I was not wowed by any of this, basically. The one that most wowed me was Bright Memory Infinite. It was the first one uh in in the real i guess it mostly wowed it because i'm it's, i'm confused what it is um but there's again, a lot going on in that one 
it, it's just it's their shoot at first it seems like okay it's a stealth kind of shooter game that by the way it looks gorgeous i think it was the best looking one that i that i saw yeah also. it looked i, I think like they might have put it at the front of the video because of how good it looked but yeah you, you're shooting but then suddenly you're doing you're doing like some dishonored kind of stuff like kind of like far reach and like zoom in between places and then suddenly you're uh sword fighting and then like so it's and then you're driving it's like it's very very all over the board and it looks uh, like you're driving a delorean of all vehicles yeah it, 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 it was literally at, when the when the car pulled up because she kind of summons the car right and i was like that's a freaking is this like a tie-in like, that's a delorean marty mcfly uh, in- i couldn't tell if it was supposed to be like time traveling through different eras because you're also battling like old school samurais with a gun which seems yeah. it, it's it's a very interesting setting i couldn't really tell what was going on with the setting but the gameplay but the looked demo, really great so basically it looked awesome here's what happened they were in a board meeting they said what do you want in this game one the guy one goes, person one the one goes, person who was working on this game because i do have to say another thing that was super impressive that they did note was that oh yeah, this whole right. thing was made by one person so he presents the game and the one person they go what's Holy in cow. this game and he just goes yes <laughs> i mean it, but my question is because in, in the playthrough too they yeah, like I said, they're they're shooting and they're you're shooting people and it's very first person shooter. It looks looks awesome, but it's like it's a first person shooter. And then you start sword fighting, and the whole time I'm thinking, just shoot him. I don't know why she didn't just shoot him. So I'm sure there's a reason. They were probably but, but like, showing yeah, off all the capabilities, like Scorpion going, "Get over here." I wonder if it's you're going to be like wall. ammo strapped, so it's going to force you to play with different weapons and different techniques because they, she also had the ability to like freeze the samurai anim- enemies up in the air so like i wonder if it's yeah. going to somehow force you into playing with different styles throughout the game well right so so in, in a universe a seeming universe where you know soldiers soldiers shooting at you and what looked like samurai are just existing in the same universe it's not too far-fetched to think that maybe you maybe you can't shoot the samurai if you shoot him nothing happens that's true maybe there's a reason for it um I will say, so if yeah, you it, it if you want to try this game, uh, there is a $10 demo, I think, on Steam. Because this is not an Xbox exclusive. And there's like a prequel thing that's going around. I think it's like an hour's worth of gameplay on Steam if you want to try it. I have not tried it. So you have Bright... You have What's it called? Bright Memory Infinite. You have Call of the Sea, which looks more... Looks kind of like... If you played Rhyme, it looks kind of like that. A little bit... Uh, more slowly paced not a shooter a first person adventure puzzle game is what it's described as Mm -hmm. not certainly not as graphically impressive either which is kind of what i was wondering at times why they were showing it uh but you know then you have chorus which i thought was particularly interesting uh looks like ship combat and a lot of just darkness (laughs) um it had like some like astral planey stuff going on it seemed like and she had some otherworldly abilities that she was going to have to pay back for but the ship battle i was actually really excited for i don't know how it's going to play out but the last ship battley type game i played you guys are gonna laugh and tactic even commented on this while we were watching the the preview was kingdom hearts and the gummy ship and i had a lot of fun with the gummy ship. So yeah, I said it was gummy ship remastered. I'm actually super excited about this game because I have not played a ship combat game in a very long time. And here here I am. I'm ready yeah. for it. Well, so it's actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I'm looking to get back into, I, I, I already mentioned Rogue Squadron like earlier in the episode as I love Rogue Squadron. And there were plenty of other ship combat games when I was younger I loved. And I'm now, especially now having the Switch, I'm looking to kind of get back into that genre 
So I actually, this past week, I bought Starlink Battle for Atlas, and I haven't played it yet. Um, Forgot that but game I, came out. It's actually like, it's 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 not like, have it doesn't have like amazing reviews, but it looks super fun, and I think I got it for like $10. It was like on sale. It's one of those things I was like, oh, I should, maybe I should think about getting that. So I'll update on how that is. But yeah, I kind of agree. Like ship combat to me, the ship combat in the game looked great. Um, I was getting a, a, a kind of a controlly vibe, maybe because of the female protagonist and kind of, like you said, there's some supernatural stuff going on that it's a little unclear what exactly it is. So yeah, that one looked pretty cool. Uh, we also had Dirt 5, which is just good old-fashioned dirt. It's a, it's a well-established racing game. Madden NFL 21, again, well-established football. I don't know why they showed that, though. The Madden preview was oh. actually a little underwhelming just because like you barely saw any of Madden 21. It was all mostly just recapping. Look what we did. Yeah, it was all revisiting older versions of the game. That was a little underwhelming. So I, full disclosure, I skipped the Madden part because I, I don't care. I, you, feel free to hit me up on Twitter and tell me otherwise. For the past 10 years, at least, the Madden games have all been exactly the same. The graphics have not been that much better. They've all just been the same experience. They come out, the, the ratings come out, the player ratings, it's a huge deal. And then the game comes out and um, I don't buy it because I'm a huge football fan, but I guess I just don't get anything out of that. So yeah, I skipped that one. Scarlet Nexus. I don't know a whole, I don't know what to say about this one, honestly. I have thoughts. I don't think it's my kind of game. Yeah, g- g- continue. So I got super Astral Chainy vibes. And I think I even tweeted that out when I was watching the Inside Xbox when it was live. And it seems like Bandai Namco's take on Astral Chain. The enemies are obviously very different. They have weird leg. half Legs for days. Yeah, they have like half leg, half flower bodies. That's a little strange. Very anime standard, though. But like the art style, the music, and even like the combat seemed straight out of a Platinum Games title. And honestly, if I hadn't have seen the Bandai Namco flash screen in the beginning, I would have honestly thought it was some kind of derivative or follow-up to Astral Chain. And my takeaway is that it basically is Astral Chain for Xbox and regular consoles. So I loved that game. I'm sold. I'll play it. But it I'm interested to see how it's going to differentiate itself, if at all. I mean, obviously, you don't have the the astral um, chimera that you're battling with, so the combat's going to be a little bit different. But the general vibe of the game, I wonder how they're going to really differentiate themselves. Because I feel like Astral Chain was a big sleeper hit of last year, and it'll be interesting to see if it's too similar. Will people just go to the Astral Chain sequel instead? TBD. I want to talk about Scorn, because... What the hell was that? Um, it was very uncomfortable. Very which I, I, is Lots what they were of phallic for. objects. I was into it. Reminded me of stuff. Reminded me of some of the Resident Evil uh, bad guys that are in that game. So I, I mean, I thought that was pretty cool. We we're trying to get. I think it There's was giving us light. a perspective of the things we're going to be messing up or ruining their day. In There's, other words, There's a lot of like wriggling appendages and then like a constant motif is like this lady looking alien who has like a glowing womb and this guy's like going towards it so it's it's just like it's very it's designed to unsettle you and confuse you and mission accomplished accomplished. um that is not my cup of tea honestly like that was one of those trailers that i watched and i was like this one is not for me maybe It'll change my yeah. mind when I actually see what the game is about. But from this brief preview, 
not my thing. Your exact now, second extinction. Were, look, look. Sorry. That's a penis. <laughs> there was. Yeah. There was like a very obvious phallic dripping thing in this trailer. Yeah. Second extinction, I think, is more our speed. Nerbomber specifically said I would like this one. Um, I think it, I, it's probably the second uh, most interesting one here besides uh, Bright Memory Infinite. Basically, it's a cooperative shooter where you're killing dinosaurs. Um, not much more to it than that based on the trailer, but so I mean, it looked good. That one got me super excited. I got hardcore Torok vibes. Um, I was I played Never the played snot Turok. out of that on the GameCube. And when you look at that game, it's basically, what did we say? Left for Dead meets Torok, where you have your groups killing all of the dinosaurs, but they're dinosaurs, not zombies. So I am all in, 100%. Let's go. If it's anything like Left for Dead, I mean, that, that's a great comparison for you to be drawing. Because if, if it's anything remotely as good as Left for Dead, I'm in. One of the best co-op experiences ever. Love Left for Dead. And Left 4 Dead 2 is also pretty good. The Ascent. This one is like Blade Runner, very cyberpunky stuff. Solo and co-op RPG. I thought this one looked fairly generic. I feel like maybe I'm being too harsh on a lot of these, but if I'm going to be on the next console train, it's going to be the PS5 train. So Yeah, I kind of got the same vibe where I was underwhelmed with, uh, with that title, but you know, well, can't it's win also, all. It's the top down and... I know I was talking with Tectic before the show and I'm not really much of a top down game player. Like when it when it comes to like a real time strategy, I just started getting into that. I'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, That's one thing because it feels more like you're playing a board game or like a chess game. But when it's like action from a top God view, I just struggle a lot with that. And I, I don't really know why I probably overlook a lot of really good games because of that. But that it just doesn't take advantage of the next gen graphics like they probably wanted to showcase. Totally agreed. Like, I, I don't yeah, understand totally why this would be your showcase title. This was definitely one, because there, there were a few, and I've already mentioned a few of them. There were definitely a few of these games that came up, and I was like, this is what they're using to showcase. Uh, like, a, a lot of the video, too, there was a lot of, like, discla- disclaimers on the top or bottom of the screen saying, like, this is in development. So, like, at that point, honestly, I'm taking a lot of things with a grain of salt. But at the same time, kind of put your best foot forward. The, the only other one that I watched, because I skipped a couple, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. And this one was just 0 to 100. Uh, I don't think it's my kind of game, um, but it, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's vampires. When and the trailer started, it was super... Like, yeah. I thought... I So I didn't know what game it was, obviously, because they don't show the title screen until later in the trailer. And it's basically a serial killer-ish person dancing around a bunch of suspended corpses around a Christmas tree. And A, I was kind of wondering like how they got away with showing something so graphic in uh, a world premiere showcase that I'm sure a lot of kids are probably watching. But B, I was just like, this is not my type of game. Like, this does not look great to me. I don't really want to yeah. get in the minds of a serial killer. Like, this is not my thing. But then, like, when it, it started becoming evident that it was a vampire game and showing some of the gameplay, like, the powers and the actual, like, running around from the vampire perspective, that looked pretty cool. So, I don't really know what to make of it. I didn't play the first Vampires game. So, maybe I need to go back and play that to see if I would like it. But, like, it, it just felt like a very weird tone to set with like the whole serial killer thing in the beginning and then transitioning into vampires. So I'm not really sure what to make of well, that. And, and the weirdest thing was that 
I'm pretty sure I have to check the timestamps, but like you were watching that trailer for at least a minute before they, before there was any hint of like, there's vampires. So like that was kind of a big, I didn't see it coming. And I guess in certain cases that would be good. But in this case, I was like, Oh, they're all, they're all vampires. And like, like you said, some of the gameplay looked kind of compelling, but I don't, I don't think it's, it's my cup of tea. So, so, uh, we're going to move on now because we're running a little short on time. I, there were two I didn't mention, but it's because I didn't watch the trailers for them. The Medium and Yakuza Like a Dragon. So if you have anything to say about those, hit us up on Twitter. Um, I'm sure by the time you do, I'll have watched those trailers so I can give better takes on them. I'm just going to kind of give a quick summary. The Medium is a psychological thriller and Yakuza, I'm pronouncing it wrong, um, is a... So, so did I, I think wonderfully acclaimed game series that is a very much a combat intensive type game um so the one i mainly want to talk about really quick is the medium and i am not into that one i think psychological thrillers earned their their own special place but this one just looks way too off for me to enjoy I struggle. This that's a game that was actually made by the Bloober team, and they made uh, Blair Witch, and there was another game that they did. And honestly, like they've just kind of been underwhelming. Observer, Observer, was it? I feel like they've and both. Observer. It says Blair Witch, Observer, and Layers of Fear. I don't know which one you know. Okay, I'm just reading from the Layers article. of Fear. I've heard good things about Observer. I've heard so so, but the Blair Witch. I started playing it, and it was just. I felt like I was aimlessly walking around and i know that's how a lot of psychological horror games are but i felt like i really didn't have any good guidance and it wasn't compelling and i didn't really like it i pet the pooch for a little bit so like i i don't know i'm not sold on the bloober team in terms of their games agreed not not really my genre like i the closest i've ever got gotten to that was amnesia and like my main takeaway from playing amnesia was like this was this was overrated (laughs) like 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 you said, a lot of it's like walking around and like amnesia, you're kind of goal driven. But like, I've also watched playthroughs of um, the Slenderman game. And like, it's like, what are we even doing? You're just walking around. Like mm-hmm. there's not so much to do. So yeah, if this game is anything like that, uh, probably not my cup of tea either. I will say just like a so, kind of wrap up point for this entire showcase. Yeah. I know a lot of people are saying that they were super disappointed with what was shown and I, I, I personally, I was just excited to see new games because I think this is the first time that we've gotten like a slew of titles that will be available for the next generation of games. Not all of them were really my cup of tea. In fact, I wouldn't really say many of them except for two were like day one I would be interested in purchasing and playing. But we also have to remember that this is something that Microsoft might not have been planning to show right now. So a lot of the world premiere sure. sh- like signage that came up before every game that is super reminiscent and is exactly how they premiered a bunch of games during their E3 showcase. So what it feels like to me is that in order to keep some momentum throughout the summer, they just kind of chunked it all up into whatever was ready at the time. And so they're doing these smaller little showcases. But this seemed like this is something that probably shouldn't have been the first premiere for games on your new console. They should have led with something first party to get people excited. They said they would follow up, I think, in June or July with what the Xbox studios will be working on. And I think they they probably should have led with that instead of all of these third party world premieres that were just kind of like a little underwhelming. But I think that if they would have been packaged as part of one big E3 presentation, then it probably would have been better received. I think like, uh, and I, you know, I didn't, I, cl- I clicked the article and I watched the video without scrolling down to see the list of games. And 
I was shocked to not see uh, Halo Infinite, and it's and it's probably because it's not ready. But like, if you're gonna have this showcase where you're pr- world premiering a lot of things and trying to build hype, I feel like to not have Halo Infinite there is, and in general to not have first party stuff there is is a weird, weird move. I, I think you're probably right that it was what it was what they had ready. But like, yeah, I'll I'll join that that group of people and say I was not wowed by this at all. Like I said, the only one that that remotely wowed me was Bright Memory. The rest, I take them or leave them for the most part. But that may change, you know, in the coming months. If they are in- indeed intending a slow burn, then we'll probably see more from them. But now we're going to talk about what we've been up to, uh, which is our usual segment of the show called What Are You Up To Wednesday? And we'll start with Nerd Bomber this time. Okay, so there were two things that I wanted to touch on. Uh, first of all, I played a demo called Ghost Runner. We had tweeted about it. Tectic and I both played it, actually. And we filmed our gameplay. So the demo is free. I think it, it goes until this week. They have it available on Steam. And it's basically like you're a cyberpunky ninja robot thing. And you do a lot of wall running. And you have a ninja blade. And everything is super fast-paced. And you can kind of slow down time to dodge and stuff like that. And... A lot of people I saw were beating the game within like three to five minutes. And I will just say, as someone who doesn't play PC games very often, the transition to keyboard was very hard and it made it super frustrating and difficult because my fingers just didn't like what the game was trying to get me to do. Um, But it was a really fun game. And I'm sure Tectic will talk a little bit about his experience. But those videos are actually available now for our Patreons and will go live to the public in like a week. And then the other thing is we started watching Chuck again, which you guys might have noticed from the influx of Chuck-related tweets that we have had on both our main accounts and our personal accounts, at least here in our household. Um, and she's a zealot. She's a, she's a zealot, folks. I freaking love Chuck. It is my favorite TV show of all time. I would say this is probably like my third or fourth rewatch of the show, and you will never convince me that there is a better two seasons of television than the first two seasons of Chuck. The entire show is great, but the first two seasons as like a cohesive story unit are amazing. The soundtrack is top notch. Everything is super just fun. Cast ain't half bad to look at. The cast is also really good. Like one of the things that always gets me is how perfectly acted the entire show is. Like the characters have emotions written on their faces and you have to credit the actors for being able to convey emotions that well. Like even subtle little like tweaks of their eyes or their mouth convey the correct emotion. It's just such a great show. Super fun. Totally recommend that you watch it unless you're illegal who just won't listen to me and won't give it a shot. Uh, full disclosure, I did for four episodes and it wasn't for me. Dissenting opinion. Um, I'm not going to badmouth it or anything. It just wasn't for me. Uh, so yeah, Tectic, what do you have? So the other thing that uh, nerd bomber forgot to mention is all of the different spy gear in that show is our various winks to other spy shows or even one of the there was a bomb in the last episode we watched and they called it the ig88 which is an obvious wink to star, star wars. wars right so so they keep the nerd culture alive and well in that show and, and that's why we think you should watch it and it's a great show um the other things that have been going on for me in the past week is quite a lot actually so my little plants in my homemade greenhouse have started germinating so that's fun um yeah oh yeah i had started playing the ukulele again starting with the animal crossing intro tune 
Um, that's a pretty easy finger plucking song that that you can learn. And I, and I might have said that already last week, but I'm still working at it. So it's been an experience. Um, and last but not least, the show Chuck has inspired me to get back into tinkering and see if I can make cool gear from commercial products. So we'll see where that goes. And it's more of a TBD for now as I'm continuing to get my shop area ready. It's extremely vague, but I, I assume you want it to be that way. So I, I won't pry. Yeah, I don't want to um, <laughs> sign up for deadlines because real estate is always very difficult to ascertain in my home. Well, I more meant gear out of commercial products. Like, do you want to go into into it all? What that? What you mean by that? Or no? Uh, I'll go into a little bit. I have a goal to eventually make videos of taking whatever I can buy commercial, like off the shelf. And can I make a spy watch? Can I make... Okay. Um, so spy gear. Yeah. Like little, little neat spy gear because, you know, everyone secretly wants to be a secret agent and Without see if doubt. we can make it possible. It's not like I'm going to get into espionage or anything like that. I just, as a, as a avid tinkerer, I want to basically become Q. Well, there you go. Looking forward to what you come up with. On my end, two two major updates, one of which you're going to see coming. Uh, Luigi's Mansion 3, still going. I think I'm almost done, although it's kind of hard to tell. Um, the story seems very linear until it's not. So, so you guys you guys beat it, right? Yes, we did. Or did you not? You we did. did beat it, and um, we beat it well. So I'm... I'm on you, okay. I'm impressed because so I'm on I'm on floor thirteen right now. So I think I'm getting close to the end. Uh, there's only fifteen floors. Um, occasionally they'll make you go back. Like I, I had to go back to the basement to get to save a toad, and like get a new part for my to get the super suction. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, and then like uh, there's that one part where you you find an elevator button, but then the cat takes it, which was really annoying, by the way. Super super annoying. Oh, so that's um, only happened to you once so far. It's only happened to me one time. It's Don't want to spoil it, again. but uh, look forward to that happening again. <laughs> I I hate that freaking cat. I can't wait for it to happen again so I can kill that cat. Um, it's, it's really fun, though. It's, it's like the difficulty diagram of it is very interesting because like at least 90% of that game is not remotely challenging. And then you get to a boss and you're like, all right, <laughs> I have to like pay attention and like like there, there are so many bosses. I've died, all very, I've died a few different. times. They're all very different, and there's always like the schematic of the bosses is usually very simple in terms of like you have to figure out the one thing that gets their guard down. But any any deaths I've had in the game have been I died while trying to figure out what that one thing is, and I couldn't figure it out. And there was this there was this thing in the uh, there was one of the traps in the Egyptian on the Egyptian floor. That one was very. Different. I died. I died like three times. The one with the scale where you had to put the stuff on it, I died like three or four times and I was getting so frustrated. But in the best way, like Nintendo really, you know, they do games like that so well. So I'm having a really good time. Um, I have Starlink Battle for Atlas. So, okay. And I, yeah, you're right. I wanted to mention that. Uh, you guys have 100% at everything and I'm impressed because there are a couple of jewels that there's nothing more frustrated than knowing where a jewel is and not knowing how to get it. And I'm knocking those out one by one. I'm buying jewel finders, gem finders, whatever they're called. Um, so I'm knocking those out. I'm knocking out booze too. Um, but there are some gems that 
man they have like like i think i have one gem left to find in the uh in the concert hall level with with the piano guy and i've no like i've combed you have to unlock every room the super sucker did you unlock the super sucker i already got the super sucker gem i already know about that one uh there's one more somewhere that i just do not know where it is and there's also one now we're getting into the weeds but there's this bathroom on the second floor that i and i can see the gem just sitting there don't know how to get it and it's infuriating and you uh, flashlighted you know everything about. every surface i'm listen i'm going through my own process i don't need hints um but yeah it's a lot of fun uh i'm hoping to get all the gems i'm a completionist uh so i'm hoping to get them uh the other major update is i've started watching a show that's been around for a long time and it's been suggested to me by a number of people maybe even one of you although i don't know uh community fantastic got on netflix you've never watched i think it was i've never watched community before oh my goodness you're having an absolute ball yeah it's great i'm right now i'm in uh early season two they're in anthropology um john oliver looks different i'll say that much wow a lot different um but it's just it's great i I, like it's and it's a show that it's very geared towards me in terms of the fact that like they so gleefully employ pop culture references in basically and that's like the character of abed is like a walking pop culture reference and i could not love it more so i'm he's really into it so far my favorite character uh, i think he's my favorite i also like the, in terms of who makes me laugh the most i actually think it's chevy chase like hands down i think he might be the one who makes me laugh the most but i think abed's my favorite character but i'm really loving it um and that's great because it's on netflix now so i have a lot to kind of burn through it's a great quarantine binge and when you're done so with I'm it, having fun with that. The crew of community actually just came back together for a table read, much like the crew of Chuck did and Lizzie McGuire just did. So you'll be able to witness the cast coming back together. I think they also did a podcast where they like chatted together and reminisced on old times. So fun extra community content for you. Woo-woo. Also, the other thing so yeah, that I want to that. I want to add that I forgot to mention is Nerd Bomber did in fact cut my hair. Um, I said I was going to post a video. I decided to forego it because I was wearing almost no clothes so that I don't get hair everywhere. And I don't think the general public could have handled that. And and I'm not (laughs) trying to be cocky here. It is not a sight to see. So I saved you guys the burning eyes and we are not going to post such a video. I can tell you though that the haircut, it looks pretty good uh i've seen pictures of it um it, when it's styled in certain ways it looks terrible <laughs> uh just just full disclosure sorry I'm an amateur. um but but when it's styled in the right way looks perfectly reasonable especially as quarantine haircuts go so a plus the right way being with a hat on it's not that bad <laughs> right it's like blended okay and half of your head the other half is a little suspect so well, with that 50 percent pretty good I yeah think let's it's get into quiz the quiz o'clock so this week's quiz is going to be hosted by myself, Tectic, and the theme is going to be Bob Ross related. Bobby and s- boy. And we're going to be doing <laughs> prices Right style questions with bust rules activated. Bust rules awesome. activated. So, my, my first question to you both. When was Bob Ross born? Is he still alive? Do we know that? Can we be told I'm that? I'm pretty sure he's dead. Okay. I'm pretty sure he's dead. That's what I thought. I don't know what, I don't, I don't know if we can learn that, if he can tell us that, but I'm like 90% sure he's dead. I guess it really doesn't um, matter. 
Yeah, I well, you go first, unless you want me to go first. Okay, I will give some reasoning. He was big. Obviously, color TV was available. So I'm going to say it had to, he was big in like the, what, 80s? Something like that, 70s, 80s. And he was maybe in his like 50s then. So I'm going to walk it back and say he was born in, no, he wasn't that old. Maybe he was like 30s. I'm going to walk it back and I'm going to say he was born in like 1940. I don't think he's that old. I, 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 he was popular like late 80s, early 90s. So like I, I think, I don't think he was 50 when he did that. I think we're looking at, I, I, listen, I'm going to say 1960 because that's when my dad was born. Shout, shout out to my dad. Here's to you, dad. So Nerd Bomber basically hit the nail right on the head. He was born 1942. I'll take it. I'll take it. I was and way off. He was I accept, I accept he it. was in his late 30s, early 40s when he was doing the show. And he was actually doing the show pretty close up to his death. So wait, what, Nerd Bomber, what dancer did you say? I said 1940. Doesn't that mean she, what, what is busting? I busted because I, I went too. You exceeded. I went too late. Yes. Okay. So I guess since the question was asked, I will just move my questions around. How old was he when he passed? Okay. Um, ah, man, not that old. 54? 54. Um, oh, man. Okay, that's pretty close. I'm going to say 60. So you both busted. Um, oh, no. Illegal was he very close. He was taken close. too soon. He passed when he was 52, unfortunately, of really? lymphoma. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. Oh, it was actually, the show ended in... He passed in 94. The show ended in 93 to give him time to focus on his health. Oh, now I'm really sad. Oh, stick. So, it's upsetting for a number of reasons, both because I came so close and because he died so early. <laughs> that is really right. sad. So I'm going to move on to the next one. Let's get upbeat here. What do you got? How many happy little trees and clouds did Bob Ross make and donate? Perfect. Wait, Interesting. he donated them? Yes, he did. He was a good man all around. All- he donated all of his paintings that he painted on the show? He donated some quantity of all of his paintings. How many did he donate? So are, are we, we talking just Each trees? individual tree? <laughs> yeah. Like how... Each painting I am referring to as a happy little tree and cloud painting. Okay, so... I was trying every to painting that he donated. Sorry for the confusion. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. I don't know. Maybe he probably donated like 250 that seems like a lot, but there were a lot of episodes of Bob Ross show, show whatever it was called. I, I had a number in my head that's pretty close to yours, but I'm going to go, I'm going to say 300. So Illegal had the right approach, so he gets the point, but he painted more than one painting in his lifetime per episode, so he had a plethora to download, uh, to donate. To, to, to download? The number is 30,000. No way. Yes No way. way. Are you yes kidding? Way. No, I'm not kidding. Any, I haven't anyone even else? done 30,000 total things in my life. Oh, like that's, all the things I've done. Have I even lived for 30,000 seconds? I know that's a stupid right. question. You, it was you rhetorical. You guys need to calm down. <laughs> Okay. Right. So, I so it up. here's good. here's the crazier part. How many Joy of Paintings episodes were there? Was each okay, so there, painting an episode? Well, so there. No, I, I would guess not. And I'm guessing the key here is that there weren't that many. And it worked once. I'm going to say 300. I'm just going to say the same number that I said before. 300, which is I'm, a lot, actually. <laughs> I'm going to go with a thousand. 
I don't. I can't remember if this is a daily wow. show or a weekly show. I feel like he painted a lot. So illegal takes it again. So it's two to one. Yes. That he there were four hundred and three episodes in total. Oh, okay. I was right in there. All right. So what did he do? A multiple paintings been... an episode. I'm assuming then he had to. Have... He also probably painted. He probably painted off the air. Probably a lot of them were off the air. You guys are Practice asking runs. a lot of questions right now that I don't know the answers to. <laughs> Sorry, keep we'll, it we'll on Google your toes. it later. Yeah, on our own time, we'll Google it. All okay, right. so I'm winning. Good. All right, so this is the fifth question. Is this the final question? Yes. Well, depends if unless you tie it up. But if if okay illegal gets it, then that's it. This, this could be it. What okay. was Bob Ross's net worth at the time of his death? Yeah, Nerd Bomber, I think you're up first. Okay, I'm going to go a different route than I probably should. I'm going to say that he knew he was sick, so he was probably donating a lot of money, and he was probably worth like $2 million, even though he probably made a bunch more than that over his lifetime. $2 million in 1994 was a lot. I feel like it was a lot, but I also I feel like a million dollars is a lot. But didn't he have like branded paints and stuff that you could buy? Like he had a whole brand that it he might was not making have been, money. Might off. not have been till later. I, so I'm I'm actually going to undercut that. I'm I'm going to say I'm going to I'm going to cut it in half and say a million dollars. So you really bummed me out there, um, because Nerd Bomber gets it. It ah, was shoot. ten million dollars was his net worth. Ah. You're forgetting okay, so that also includes homes and, and assets and things oh, like that. Oh, that's right. I didn't even think about Like, he obviously wouldn't have donated his house. Okay. All right. So now I got to come up with a tiebreaker. Thanks a lot. Oh, sorry about that. I, I was I was thinking in terms of like, because like you have like the board games now that are like the Bob Ross board games and like, but those, those are now like the estates, his estate is probably making those board games, signing off on them because they want money and they need money. So he probably wasn't that rich. That was like, that was kind of my thought process. Do you think he really would like correct, approve but... of that stuff now if he was still alive? Yes, absolutely. I think as long as anyone's engaging in anything related to painting, Bob Ross is probably happy as a clam. That's true. But who knows? He just, I mean, he also just seems like a very nice man. I feel like he wouldn't really be upset with anything. I feel like he could just punch him in the face. He'd be like, yeah, that's fine. I will I mean, say- It's kind of the persona that he puts out, but- we had a Bob Ross calendar for last year and the little quotes on every month, like I would casually read it as I'd like grab medicine. So it'd be right next to our medicine storage area in our kitchen. And like, they were always super inspiring and they always made me a little bit yeah. happy. Like he was a very inspiring, positive person. He's a very nice man. As far as I know, I've never actually watched an episode of his show. Have you? I have. He's very calm. Like it makes you want to paint. I suck at painting, yeah. but it still makes me want to paint. Right. I absolutely. If there's one thing that raises my blood pressure, it's arts and crafts. So I, I can't imagine as powerful as he is that he would be able to soothe me See, to the point he, of enjoying painting. The, the thing is, the key that I got from the one episode that I watched was that even when he messed up, he'd be like, you know what? That's fine. We'll just turn this weird little brushstroke into a tree. All trees are no, great. No, sure. Happy little accidents. But guess what? When you make a million happy little accidents, guess what you have? One big accident of a painting. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just like, I, there's only so far that the happy little accidents mantra can take you, Bob. All right. Well, you I'm going to finish this right trivia. Let's, let's you guys are certainly waxing <laughs> yeah. poetic about this. Um, sorry. So before he was famous in painting, he painted on pans. So while he was stationed... Pants or pans? Pans. Like while, pots and pans. Pans. 
I don't know if oh, you yeah. guys let me talk. Maybe you don't understand <laughs> it. Uh, while stationed in Alaska during his stint in the Air Force, Bob Rost indulged in his creative side by painting iconic landscapes onto golden pans, which he sold yeah. for how much a piece? For reference, today they sell for $7,500 on eBay. Interesting. So, so we're not talking about like solid gold pans. That's good to know. I just want to say it's great that he was in the Air Force too. Great, great job, Bob. I'm, I'm going to, at the time, he sold them for 50 bucks a piece. He was a salt of the earth kind of guy just here, you know, 50 bucks. That's my answer. I'm going to say $1, Bob. Wow. That was a bold choice. Um, I assume you think illegal busted and he did. He sold them for 25 Crap. bucks oh, a yeah. piece. Oh man. I was, okay. Factor of two. That's, that's, that's a pretty large factor. So I accept the loss. Good on you, Bob Ross. Man. I thought what 50 bucks was low balling it, but 25 bucks. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a bargain right there. He just wanted to Bob get Ross, his art out art. in the world, you know? Truly, truly a hero. I'd who, probably t- as pay we 25 already bucks mentioned. for the pan. Gone too soon. I mean, that's, that's a takeaway here. Gone too soon. Yeah, absolutely. We miss you, Bob Ross. We miss you. And we'll miss you all for a week until you come back and listen to us again, hopefully. Uh, we have a great time recording this every week, and hopefully you have a good time listening. Uh, we would appreciate it uh, if you went over to Apple Podcasts and left us a review, if you're so inclined. And in the meantime, again, you can also hit us up on Twitter at the handles we already mentioned, at OWIllegal86, at OWTechnic, at OWNerdBomber, at, o- no, at OnlineWarriors1 is the main account. We'd love to hear from you. And until then, uh, we will catch you all next week. Have a great week. Adios.